right. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We're back in this segment. Now, before I introduce our next guest who's waiting in the wings, I want to bring your attention on the show page uh, at 21st Century Wire. And also, uh, you can look up at Shout on our menu. Have your shout. Our shout poll this week, our shout poll this week is, and this is an important poll, I want everyone to get in and vote if you haven't done already. There's a link on the show page just below the description of the show and also at our main menu at 21stCenturyWire.com. This week's shout poll is, should the White Helmets uh, receive a Nobel Peace Prize in 2016? Uh, very important poll. Uh, I believe it's October 7th they'll be announcing uh, the Nobel Peace Prize in Oslo, Norway. And one of the uh, nominees is a an NGO, which I use that term very loosely, uh, more of a pseudo-NGO called the White Helmets, who is financed by the U.S. State Department via USAID and also the British Foreign Office, the European Union, uh, and a few other uh, countries and NATO member states. And also, people have actually donated money, believe it or not, their own money, members of the public to this uh, U.S. government, U.K. government-funded uh, uh, operation, basically, which is actually based in Turkey and not Syria, but produces a lot of uh, imagery that's used to sell an escalation of the war in Syria, is used to sell the concept of a no-fly zone. Uh, and Vanessa Beely at 21st Century War, she's uh, got a great uh, statement, which she's put up on our website right now, uh, the alternative Nobel Peace Prize uh, 10 days ago was awarded to the White Helmets. It's called the Right to Life Award, I believe, and or Right to Livelihood. And this was, they're from Sweden, this organization. And Vanessa, you know, wrote a great uh, letter to them uh, asking that they review that award and look at the evidence. Uh, whether they will or not is another question uh, because it's quite embarrassing if they're give, giving an award to uh, a group of uh an organization that's funded by the West and that has links to uh, terrorist groups in Syria, that's quite an embarrassment. So we don't think we'll get a reply on that. If we do, we'll be surprised. But anyway, uh, that's the poll this week. So far, it's uh, definitely the majority of people have said no so far. I think we've had over a 1,000 votes on this poll and uh, many, many comments, dozens and dozens of comments. Uh, so I believe that uh, so far an overwhelming majority says no. Uh, so if you have your, you want to have your shout on this issue, get in there and vote. Uh, the deadline's coming up soon, so you want to get your votes and comments in on our shout widget, which you can comment, vote, and share on Facebook and Twitter all in one fantastic tool for engagement. Now, our next guest, uh, we're very fortunate to have our next guest. Uh, she's an award-winning entrepreneur and architect. Uh, and she also is a parliamentary member uh, in Syria, of the Syrian Republic. And uh, her name is Maria Sahdeh, and she's joining us from Damascus. Hello, Maria. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm very, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for you and for this opportunity to open the door for me to speak a little bit about Syria and the situation here. Yes, yes. Um, you know, we've had a number of guests on uh, from Damascus, different people who do different things in life. 
um, different walks of life, different roles they're playing um, in in society, as it were. And you're you're one of the first government um, affiliated people that we've had on. And I wanted to just get started. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, Maria. You know, uh, what are you doing right now? Um, what's your what's your background? Uh, you know, where you were born and so forth. And then uh, we just get to know you a little bit. And then I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about, in your view, you know, how did this situation in Syria begin, uh, the current crisis in t- that started in 2010, 2011. But uh, go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, uh, simply, I'm a Syrian independent uh, woman. Uh, I was a parliamentarian during the war from 2012 to till 2000 till... Um, uh, 2016, and uh, in basic, I'm an architect specialized in uh, conservation and restoration of old monuments and sites, and also in contemporary design. Uh, I have my uh, my company of architecture, and also I was teaching in the university for 10 years in the faculty of architecture. Uh, I was working as an expert for the old monument and sites. And uh, when the, the war started, I just felt that I'm involved uh, and I'm responsible to do something for my country uh, because that maybe I can analyze better the situation, uh, I can read uh, and I can express uh, the society, I'm well connected with all level of societies and that uh, uh, I felt that I have something to do and that's what, why, why I, I was involved in that and I became into the parliament. And, and tell us, um, you know, from your perspective, I would like to talk later as, as well about your area of expertise because I think it's very relevant also in this conversation with some of the, uh, the damage and not just Palmyra, Aleppo and some of, some of the, the, the ruins. Uh, and the things that have been lost or damaged, um, as a result of this war. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, uh, Maria. Yeah. But, but to, be- to begin with, from your, from your view, Maria, from your understanding, how did this con, how did this situation in Syria begin in 2011? And, uh, and also, did anything important happen before that, which, which helped to cause this crisis or that might have led to this crisis? Uh, I can also ask uh, a question with the same. Uh, he can he can also reply to the to the same sentence. So why the war started in Libya? Why the war started in Iraq? Why they try to provoke something in Egypt? Why the war started in Yemen? So uh, is that uh, can help to, to, to understand what's happened in the area? Definitely. So I think, yeah. yeah, because I think it's not about uh, civilians or uh, a problem between regime and their people. It's not about the internal facts in the state. So it's about uh, outside intervention in, in the area. So uh, uh, I was following uh, all what happened in Iraq, the war in Iraq from the beginning as a citizen, because I'm, I'm not invo- involving in politics before. Uh, that hurt me a lot 
when I saw everything happen to uh, to the people in Iraq and especially to the president of Iraq. Maybe I don't like him. Maybe he is dictator. Maybe whatever. But he is a president of the of the state. So uh, uh, I saw uh, the beginning uh, of the crisis in Syria. It became the same the same tragedia and the same uh, example and and the same pretext maybe and that's why uh, what uh, pushed me to do something and to say it's enough i wasn't involved in politics before but what happened in my country and uh, in between the syrian people uh, that gave me the responsibility to to speak and to uh, to do some initiatives for the young people maybe because uh, i saw that the young people it was a tools uh, just me explain you an idea uh, if we want to divide the land we have to divide societies before so that's mean uh, we have to create problems between between people or between the, the the circle of societies and that's what happened in the beginning in syria they 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 try they try to create uh, and to, to create two poles two uh, uh, two parts fighting between each other uh, so they create uh, uh, they they based on the factor of uh, with and against the regime, maybe in the laic uh, uh, society, uh, and they also create uh, a, a provoke problems between uh, sects, uh, Shiite against Sunni, uh, Sunni against Alawite, Muslim against uh, Christian, etc. Uh, where Syria, it wasn't like that before. Even now. The majority they resist against these ideas and against this uh, uh, this this weakness. Uh, also, uh, to uh, to uh, to continue with that way, we should attack the history. And the history, it's not just uh, it's not just the material history and heritage which is exist everywhere in Syria, but it's what we hold in in our culture. So we have to make a changing in demography and changing demography that's uh, that needs uh, something bigger. So that's need to create terrorism, and that's what we arrived today in Syria. It's a big terrorism. So we should terror people to to displace from their place and to destroy their houses, their homeland, and uh, to make uh, troubles and to, to change completely the history. And uh, maybe that help if I can tell you that uh, uh, all uh, history, they all, all schools in the zone of Daesh, they stopped learn history in their school. Hmm. That's interesting. So, so in a, so basically, what you're describing there. So, so in the Daesh and uh, you know religious uh, extremist territories, they stop teaching history in school. So they're creating year zero, right? So history begins now, right? Exactly. So, exactly. And, and this has been Maria. This is not the first time we've seen this in the world. 
this was also done in Cambodia. Uh, this was also done in, in the Pol Pot uh, era of Cambodia and also Mao Zedong, um, the, the cultural revolution in, in China. Uh, exactly. Year zero was, was implemented. So people were meant, it's kind of a brainwashing exercise. Exactly. That's what I wanted to tell you. It's a brainwashing for people. Uh, so that then they can create their uh, their own uh, state, but with our uh, brain and with our land and with uh, what we teach them. So they will be a tools for us who uh, uh, us that's mean who control the war. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know today it's very obvious. That uh, and I'm I'm sorry that to say there is a state member in the UN uh, they don't respect at all uh, the minimum of the UN chart and they make a coalition under the name fighting against the terrorism but they are really fighting against Syrian people and against Syrian state when Syria has the, uh, the has its sovereignty. Well, I, I I think it's the you're talking about the United States, and uh, we covered this uh, before I before I connected you the first half hour. I really went into detail about the, uh, the you know the leaked audio which John Kerry uh, was uh, caught on tape. Uh, this was released, and he really uh, makes his uh, the intentions of the United States government makes them quite open as to arming terrorists, training terrorists, and their first their first um, wish is to have a military confrontation and not a diplomatic one. No political solution, no diplomacy, but force. And this is the real intention of the United States government, which has been you know, revealed by John Kerry, this Secretary of State. So, um, we're in a situation now, Maria, and I don't know, I know that you, 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 in Syria, you, pe- people there already know this. They've known this for a long time, but, but the, uh, the people of the West, uh, in, in America, in Europe, Western Europe, are very slow to realizing the enormity of this situation and the, the level of corruption. That that really corrupts the United Nations as an organization, in my opinion. Um, it's it's gotten so bad right now, and I don't know if there's any chance of reform for the UN at the at the present rate. I I don't think. I mean, what are your thoughts about the United Nations? Because I see your representative Jafari there, um, who's ver- very dignified, who is very open, who is very honest, uh, giving his his. Uh, speaking for his country, and he's absolutely not respected at all by the U.S. media or the U.S. political establishment. Uh, Patrick, let me tell you something. It's all today about trust. Uh, uh, It's the trust between people and their government and the trust between uh, people in all of the world and the U.N. It's about trust between states under each other it's about trust. So the trust, it's not exist today in everywhere. But we built as a Syrian people, people because we suffered from this situation and from this feeling. We built our trust with our government and with our uh, Syrian army because the only uh, uh, part who can defend uh, 
our existence is the Syrian army. And I um, feel really so sorry uh, before continuing to the UN, about UN, uh, I feel so sorry to say, to, to hear the... To hear the, uh, uh, Patrick Cockburn saying, uh, saying that, uh, yes, that uh, the attack on Syrian army was a mistake, uh, which, hap which uh, that happened in Derzor, uh, in the airport of Derzor. So what is mistake? That the U.S. can do mistake in some place with this high uh, uh, technique uh, system, and uh, all the NATO systems, so uh, how, how they can do mistake? Well, I, I, yeah, I think I, I think the, I think they're lying. I don't think it was a mistake, and obviously sure. most people For know sure. that. Yeah. For sure. So, so that's why I told you it's about trust. So, how can they intervene in Syria uh, as a coalition against terrorism or fighting against terrorism, and they attack the Syrian army, who is the only part who defend the Syrian people? So, it's it's all about trust. I know that it's also about mistake when they did the, the war against Iraq for 15 years. They attack Iraq starting uh, uh, under the pretext to, uh, to, to, to finding uh, uh, the weapon of uh, mass destruction. And after 15 years, they retired uh, from Iraq saying it was a false report. So after 15 years, after destroying Iraq, after a big demography of Iraq, Iraq doesn't uh, still as a state, as a strong state. They, they uh, divide, they, they broke the, the military of Iraq. So they broke all the factor of the state. And then they said, yes, it was a mistake. Yeah, and then they're, they're currently, and, and, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Patrick, but going to the UN, so also uh, we hope that UN can do something, but I don't know after how many years they try to do something for the people, and we, say, we, we saw uh, states uh, fall down one after one. So, uh, and we saw, uh, we, we saw also uh, uh, the demographic changes in all of the worlds. So where is the UN and where is the right of the people and where is the peace and where is respecting of the UN chart? Yes, and that, that's a good question. I think the UN has to ask itself that question. And um, right now it doesn't, it doesn't look like a very good answer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Patrick, to disturb you, but I just uh, remember uh, one thing. Uh, if we saw uh, all what happened by Turkey against Syria, all uh, how they using their territory to uh, to make practice for the fighters and for the terrorism uh, terrorist fighters, and how they they make uh, the airstrike directly, and how they uh, um, how they manage the war, uh, and they help terrorist group in Syrian land and they uh, uh, attack uh, our land. Uh, and the UN uh, Secretary General, they named uh, Turkey, uh, the, the, the ambassador, the Turkish ambassador in the UN, uh, who the responsible to make the, the plan 
uh, against uh, terrorism. So <laughs> this is double standards. <laughs> this is the double standards well, it, that. It, it, it's that that sounds it's almost as bad as Saudi Arabia being the chair of the UN Human Rights Council. Exactly, exactly. And they they also give Saudi Arabia also uh I don't remember uh, how many million dollars to to direct to direct a center uh against terrorism to make a study to make a study against terrorism for three years based in Washington. Yes. So, so uh, and, and they also named, I think, the Qatari ambassador in the UN, uh, who is responsible about the culture and uh, the, the uh, civilization uh, culture, I think, in, in the world. And in, uh, so it's, it's a double standard. When we hear that, how we can trust with the UN? Yeah, I know the, the, with all the talk of democracies and, uh, and freedom and all this, they're, they're putting monarch, monarchs basically, feudal, uh, autocratic monarch, theological monarchs from Qatar or Saudi Arabia in charge of anything in the UN, I think is, is ridiculous. Uh, you know, what are the sort of principles of this organization? What, what I think it's just been completely paid for, uh, by, it's been corrupted by money, quite frankly, uh, and influence. But, uh, exactly. but, but, you know, getting back to your, getting back to your original point, um, you know, the, you, you, I, I agree with your analysis there. I think many people do. And, um, you know, do you, do you get a chance to see any of the Western media coverage, uh, regarding Syria? Because according to the Western media, the Syria, Syria had elections. Early this year, they had also a presidential election in 2014, which you, you've seen all these things up close. And they're saying all the elections are illegitimate. The presidential election was, was illegitimate. Um, they laugh at the elections here. They say that they're, they're frauds and all the rest of it. No one came out to vote for the president or anything like this. Um, you know, that's how it's covered in, in, in the Western media. So by, so they've delegitimized, um, Syrian society, Syrian democracy, Syrian republic, in fact, through this, uh, demonization, even of your elections. Um, what, you know, what do you, what do you, um, how do you feel about that? And just tell us about your experience, um, you know, in government and with the elections. You mean, yeah. You mean first the, the presidential election? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, maybe uh, it's not it's not about uh, my reply or some some words, but we have just to see uh, what's called opposition in Beirut. How uh, thousands of them came to the embassy just to vote for their president. This is uh, the only or the the the, the first. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's really the the the, the first um, point that we can that we can based on. So uh, how we can say nobody go to to vote for the president? If first I get also uh, I get also a lot of contact from Syrians outside of Syria. They they want they ask 
uh, the, the countries that they have the right to vote for their president and they should open the, the embassy for them or they should open uh, a boxes for vote for them in somewhere or one, one place in Europe. And all governments in Europe, they refuse to do that. And we have a lot of, uh, a lot of example and a lot of uh, uh, samples. So it's, uh, it's, it's today it's obvious because it's not about the president Bashar al-Assad because first maybe it was the president of, the, of Syria, but today after five years in Syria of war and who, uh, who, he can manage that and he can protect till now Syria from terrorist group, uh, he managed the war and he protect the maximum of Syrians. Because also, if we based on on the Western media, uh, we should uh, we should say say that Syrians or the majority of Syrians today, uh, which displaced from the zone of Daesh, they displaced to the zone under control of government uh, because they feel safe because they uh, search for their safety and security under the control of government and the Syrian state. And that's why uh, we, we feel protected in our state and which guarantee our existence, not in the zone of terrorism, which is supported by Western states. And uh, and so also just a run on to that as well. Um, the did did any did you have um, any thoughts or feelings about? Do you get to see the Gulf media coverage because we see Al Jazeera, uh, which is based in Doha in Qatar. We see a lot of their reports uh, on Syria, and they're very twisted in the same way that they were about Libya, uh, and also with in trying to basically paint uh, the Syrian. Uh, conflict as something that came from the Arab Spring, that it was a, you know, the peaceful protesters came up. And this is the sort of standard Al Jazeera uh, narrative for the story of Syrian, uh, the Syrian war. Um, and they call it a civil war and so forth. Do you get it? Do you get a chance firstly to what do you think about Al Jazeera? Um, I know they're they're all over the uh, Arab world, but also in, now in Europe and America. But, um, you know, how do you feel about that? And how much influence did the Gulf media organizations have in painting uh, public opinion about Syria? Uh, uh, really, I, uh, I say it's shame, really, that those of this media is uh, implicate, is involved in this crime and in this war. They helping and giving pretext, giving, uh, uh, they, they rift, reflect uh, the the opposite situation. They reflect a fake situ situation, and they give the right to uh, to this crime and to killing people. Uh, they give uh, all pretext for this war against the state and against society because this war it's not against regimes. It, it's not about spring uh, Arabic spring. It's about really attacking state, uh, state and attacking people. So um, they are uh, they are implicated with this blood. 
And, and, um, you know, as I know they pump, it's millions and millions of dollars, you know, per month, uh, you know, go into this operation. I think more money has been spent on anti Syrian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, it's just uh, I w- uh, wanted to uh, to uh, to tell you about uh, if we remember uh, the the uh, the child uh, when they present how he, how he was died in in the border uh, in in the Turkey uh, in the Sea of Turkey because oh, they the, Alan Kurdi the Alan. Yeah, yes. Alan Kurt. Yes. This was the boy who was the face of the migrant crisis exactly. for Europe. Exactly. exactly. Just we need to compare the situation. It's all government and all Western states uh, meet after this announcement and after all the media what they said about this uh, about the this child and how they. Uh, reflect the situation after five years of war in Syria, when all Syrians inside Syria was killing wherever they, they was, in, 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 uh, in the zone of state or in the zone of Daesh, wherever it is, it's a child, uh, uh, they, they was killing during five years of war in Syria, no media reflects what's happened. And I know how many uh, how many uh, schools was attacking directly, and I was uh, going uh, from one to one uh, when that happened in Syria in 2013, and I was working on that, and I make all reports about how many kids just in Damascus under the attack of the terrorist group. Uh, how many kids was killing during their lessons in the school. Nobody talk about them. So this is the double standards. And this is the Western media when they don't reflect that. And I uh, I was in, in Italy. I was speaking about that. And nobody heard about that there. So and also we didn't uh, they blocked our visa. Uh, the first three years, uh, even till now. Uh, to to going to Europe, maybe to not reflect this this situation. So it's all all uh, channels was uh, interrupted, and uh, they stopped all communication with the with the with the Syrian people inside Syria. So they don't want to reflect what's happened in reality. They just want to use one child, uh, and it was. Uh, fabricate a story and fabricate um, uh, event just to make something to provoke in Europe and to uh, to meet uh, many presidents of Europe and uh, to, to said to say maybe that that uh, to, to create something against Syria again. Well, uh, you know, our own president uh, in this country, President uh, Barack Obama, um, yeah. when the, when the little dusty boy Omran in Aleppo, when that picture was presented uh, one month ago to the media, yeah. and it went everywhere, and they said this reminds us of Alan Kurdi, so there becomes this progression, this gestalt of uh, child, you know, uh, child victims, and the Omran picture, we're we're pretty certain, was staged. 
um, by the Aleppo Media Center, which is a Western-funded uh, media outlet in, in the terrorist-held East Aleppo, based there, uh, but also with the white helmets as well. And so, and this, this is our president also playing this game. He's playing, he's playing on this game. And I know it's probably difficult for him to, uh, to, to comprehend, uh, what propaganda means, uh, seeing that he's right in the middle of the propaganda machine. Um, or maybe he does know what it means and he's playing along with the game. Uh, either way, uh, these are adults in positions of power who aren't, um, thinking for themselves, who are just robotically repeating what's on the cover of the newspapers or what's running on CNN and and then the white helmets uh, up for a Nobel Peace Prize and this is an organization again funded by the west uh, to produce images basically i don't know if you've seen this uh this outfit the white helmets it's absolutely incredible the stuff yeah. the, the videos they put out the the photos um we have a couple of the videos on our website and it's almost a joke it almost looks like a comedy film exactly you know, you exactly. know it's so bad yeah. Yeah, and the same about Charlie. All we are Charlie. Yes. Oui, we, je suis Charlie en France. Je suis Charlie, et, yeah. Oui, je suis Charlie, et personne ne dit je suis Syrien. Yeah, oui, oui, d'accord. Yes, so nobody said, yes, I'm Syrian, or I am uh, Syria. So it's it's just about some uh, some story, uh, a fake story and false story in in the media. So they play with the uh, existence of people in the world. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's this. This is a marketing. This is the humanitarian. It's marketing the human. The idea of humanitarian intervention, and um, it's it is it is a very insidious. Um, it's very difficult to. It's very difficult to counter because it uses the uh, political cover of the traditional left wing, if you will, uh, in the West, uh, in order to pass it through without any criticism. And if you are, if you do criticize it, then you're you were attacked in the West as being insensitive to the children, basically. So this exactly. is this is how the dynamic works. But yet, this is how they are promoting war. And um, I really, uh, we we've covered it. Uh, they provoking war. Uh, they provoke the war also because I remember also a story. I was driving uh, in a place uh, Abbasiyin on 2012 or 2011 in the beginning of the crisis uh, when the Western media they talk about some uh, uh, some manifestation or some attack in this uh, in this place. And someone from UK, a friend uh, in London, uh, he called me directly on the phone and he told me, Maria, are you okay? It's next to your home, etc. No, I told him, no, I'm driving in this, uh, there is nothing happened. So, uh, and they, they said there is something against uh, uh, the regime and uh, in reality, it's, uh, there is not. So, uh, uh, in this way, they, they provoke problems and they provoke manifestation and also i know that they paid a lot for the people who go for the manifestation and as a, as an architect i had a lot of workers uh, who left their work because they take more in one hour of manifestation they take more than uh, working one day in the chantier 
And when you say when you say manifestation, you mean protest. I know in France. Okay. In yeah, fr- manifestation, manifestation in French. I'm sorry because I'm sorry for my English anyway. No, no that's okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, manifestation. So the manifestation is the protest, like the the so-called uh, Arab Spring type um, exactly, opposition exactly. protest. Yeah. So, yeah. so you had paid. So you had paid protesters because we have them in America as well. They do pay them as well here. Um, sometimes uh, this is a, a George Soros uh, sort of technique. Um, yeah. But uh, so you have that in Syria, really. And so, what what would the average what would the average salary be in Syria, and how much would they pay the protester per day? Uh, it's one one work day for the workers. Uh, they paid for one hour uh, to protest. Wow. Okay. So it's a good yeah. it's a good career protesting, really, with that sort of yes. pay. Yes. But uh, when they finished, uh, so they come back to work and they 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 don't see anything. So it's also about. Uh, and maybe we have to speak also about sanctions, what's called sanctions, because they try to broke the economical uh, life in Syria uh, under the name of sanctions, which is the same uh, effect of terrorism uh, and terrorist effect, uh, because it's, uh, I called uh, it's a terrorist, uh, economical terrorism. Well, and, yeah, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. No, because I was, uh, uh, I made a study and uh, with the numbers, uh, and I did the conference on 2015 in uh, in, uh, in the UN in Geneva uh, under the name of terrorist economical terrorism. So I make a comparison between the effect of sanctions. Uh, and the effects of uh, terrorism. So uh, in all sector of the state, so I study uh, the damage in all sector of the state came from both sides. So uh, what's mean? For example, the, the uh, hospitals. The hospitals w- uh, which was attacked by uh, the terrorist group, uh, which destroyed it's the same number of hospitals and medical centers which is closed because there is no medical uh, material no petrol uh, no uh, uh, raw material so all, all of this uh, no maintenance even so this is what's happened uh, it's only for uh, uh, I give you just one one, one example uh, that 50 percent of uh, the primary school was stopped to to learn because uh, they displaced there is a damage uh, in their school the school was uh, uh, a place for uh, for the refugee and all of them so it's it's a very complicated uh, if we uh, more than 450 of historical site was destroyed in Syria and they uh, they peeled the, the, the historical and archaeological pieces and they sold through the mafia of Turkey to the western state also uh, so uh, the, the the state who uh, who uh, who said they want to to fight against terrorism in Syria they are uh, a partnership with them 
because they built the, the, the petrol, they built the archaeological pieces from Syria, they built the, all, all resources, they stole the resource, the, uh, these resources, and they are uh, partnered with them in selling petrol for the outside and uh, uh, in selling uh, archaeological pieces. And uh, they are uh, the same who make the sanctions against regime, but in reality, it was against Syrian people. Yeah, and this this is how they sell these uh, sanctions. I'm glad you brought that up because this is really important. They sell the sanctions. This is seen as a solution to, uh, you know, uh, humanitarian disasters around the world. They say we need to impose sanctions and hard, more sanctions, more sanctions. They, they claim the sanctions are against the regime or the president, uh, and, but they're really against the people. The, the sanctions are collective. Puni- they're punishing the people of Syria. Uh, and I think we saw this in Iraq to a horrible degree. And I think in Syria, uh, this is, this is also happening. Is it, is it true, Maria, that the sanctions cause more refugees to leave maybe than for, the, for sure. than the for, terrorists? For sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, first of all, uh, it's a coercive measures, uh, unilateral. Uh, it's not a sanctions because it's a violation of the UN chart. It's not came uh, from the uh, Security Council. So it's only uh, by deciding uh, some of the states deciding to do this sanction against Syria. And this is uh, a big violation of the UN chart and uh, the international law. And uh, uh, what's happened with the Syrian society, just let me uh read for you some numbers it's uh, uh for example the chômage arrived in 2013 uh, in 2014 to the 50% when it was in 2010 8.6% the poverty arrived till 75% when it was uh, it was uh, not more than 9% before. Uh, the primary education decreased to 50%. The number of hospital factories was closed because, because of what I told you, the, the, the shortage of raw material, oil, and uh, all of that. So uh, we have a lot of numbers. If I can, I maybe... Uh, uh, we have we have to speak because it's a big document with a big uh, big with a with a, a lot of numbers uh, and uh, documentation uh, of what's happened and a study a complete study uh, for each sector in Syria. Well, if you have that document, we'll we'll after the show we'll we'll get a hold of this and we'll try to repost it on to, on our website so people can read it and study it for themselves. If it's in English, um, we'll put it up yeah. at Twenty First Century Wire. But uh, yeah, I think it's pretty. The case that you've made, I think, is uh, is very conclusive, uh, and this is the number one weapon. This is that one of the main causes of the migrant crisis. They're selling the in in the West. They sell the idea of this migrant crisis in Europe as because they they say it's because of ISIS and it's because of uh, uh, Assad. These are the main uh, the reasons why they sell the migrant crisis. And then they <laughs> use Alan Kurdi, the child image, uh, to punctuate this in the need to act and do something. This is how the system works in the West. 
Uh, so, but sanctions are the most important part of this, in my opinion, uh, because I think that the sanctions are the thing that is destabilizing the country um, uh, more, e- as much as anything, e- equal to terrorism. You might, you know, you have a very strong case there, uh, Maria. But, um, yeah. but um, just just uh, quickly, the other thing I wanted to ask you um, that I think is an important question here, um, l- looking. Looking after, you know, the, after the war, I looked at what's happening in Iraq and yeah. this, this endless suicide bombs, endless sectarian warfare. Um, it, it does Syria, will Syria, if, if the situation stabilizes in Syria, um, will they have this problem of the, uh, continued, uh, injection of terrorism in the form of suicide bombs and so forth? Uh, is this a problem? Is the sectarian issue of Iraq, will that be transferred to Syria, or does Syria have a different characteristic than Iraq? Uh, we can talk, uh, when, we, when we talk about sectarian and sects, so we create the problem. So when we, when we for example, create some, con- uh, some conferences outside for Christians, or for minorities, or for whatever, uh, for Kurds, for uh, uh, so we create, we we uh, uh, we attire the, uh, this group to uh, to do something all together. So uh, the problem was provoked in Iraq, and they get success, I think, in Iraq to bro- to provoke this problem and to broke the uh, Iraqi tissue uh, there. But in Syria, uh, for sure, the situation is different. Maybe some of uh, people try to make some groups under the name of sects, but uh, it's not who represent the Syrian people. It's not the majority. It's only a small part of them paid from uh, the U.S., like uh, the small group of Kurds who was exist in the north of Syria, Paid by uh, the U.S. and they try to 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 said that we uh, we want to to do our state or uh, our independence. When in uh, in the history of Syria, a lot and a lot of very good personality from uh, the Syrian Kurds was in the high level uh, in the state, uh, represent the state. Uh, and they speak as a national person, not as a sectarian person. And the uh, most important proof, it's me. I am Syrian. I am uh, independent. I'm not related with any parties, uh, political parties, uh, and I'm uh, a Christian. But I don't represent Christian in the parliament. I represent all Syrian. And when uh, I had my uh, electoral campaign, I had 200 person, 200 of young people, uh, of volunteer. It was the first time when uh, we faced that case in Syria and in the Arabic world, it's 200 person of volunteer. They want to support me in my electoral uh, campaign. and uh, it, they was the majority of them. They was Muslim. They wasn't Christian. So uh, and and the constitution in Syria, it's 
uh, it's fair for all Syrians. We don't talk about uh, sects and minorities because we don't believe even in something named or called minorities. So the so-called minorities, it's a term uh, uh, imported um, uh, from Western uh, states. It's not in our culture and it's not in our uh, history because we all uh, we all citizen here in the state. This is what's mean state, dear. And uh, when I worked for four, four years in the parliament, I worked for all Syrians. Uh, even I don't work for only the Damascan, the Damascan people. I, I work for all Syrians in all Syria. I was communicated with the Syrian even outside of Syria. And uh, we, we did a lot of projects all together. So uh, this situation, it's not exist in Syria, but it is provoked and paid uh, from the outside countries, for the, from the outside part who want to provoke this problem in Syria. And shame, they launched a lot of conferences in Europe, in America, and I don't know where uh, also, but they, pro uh, they, they launched a lot of conference under the name or under the title of uh, sectarianism or Christians or uh, Kurd or whatever, when it's completely wrong. And so, so one of these conferences, I heard that... Uh you attended one of these conferences, and there was a woman uh, claiming to be from Syria. It might have been a European conference, maybe, and uh, she, she, they were promoting the Islamic State demo so-called democracy. Um, and I think you challenged them um, at that conference. This is this is what uh, my colleague uh, had uh, asked me to ask you a question about this. Uh, religion, it's not a state. If we want to build a state. The state, it's when all uh, citizens in this land, wherever, uh, from which sect, from which religion, from which uh, ethnic they came, but they are uh, a citizen in this state, all equal. And that's what we do in Syria. We are all equal. Uh, yeah, tell me. No, so, and what do you think, what is, what's your view then? I mean, you've served in, in government, um, in, in your country. What, what is your view of the Syrian opposition, which is in London? Um, and, and it, you see them in Washington. I see them in New York. I see them in Paris. I see them in London and, uh, ba Basma, Komadi and all these other, uh, so-called Syrian, uh, opposition. The U.S. and London are trying, and France trying to put together the Syrian government in Europe, basically, uh, and then have them somehow come in and take over in Damascus. I mean, how do Syrians view this uh, so-called opposition in Europe? Are they, are, when do these people go to Syria very often, or are they Europeans, or how is this viewed by the Syrians, or do they not even know who they are? Yeah, uh, I, I call them prefabricated opposition, because opposition, it's another meaning first. Uh, opposition, it's a structure. Uh, you should work under the state, not against the state. You should have your plan. You should have your system not to uh, fall down the regime. 
It's not, it's not that the aims of the, the, the opposition. The opposition should work to get the, the, to, to get the uh, power or to, 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 uh, to realize uh, a system, economical system, uh, uh, political system, social system, whatever, but they, they should uh, make the, uh, an effect in the state and in the direction of the state, and they should have an accumulated work in politics, an historical work in politics. What's happened in Syria from the beginning is to prefabricate this opposition. Uh, I know there is, I respect all opposition as an individual if they don't like or if they don't agree with the regime for uh, some points. Okay, all of us maybe we have a lot of points when, when we don't agree with the, uh, not only uh, our regime in every state, it's uh, the, the, the situation is the same. But to, to collaborate or not to collaborate or to be used as a tools by the Western state, by, uh, by the outside uh, state, and to have money and to work under their agenda to attack our state, it, this, is, uh, this is not opposition. So they are a tools just used for this, for this period. And, and also, you know, talking about opposition, the, our government refers to, um, al-Nusra Front, uh, Arar al-Sham, Jaish al-Islam, and so, all, those not, they, yeah, those they call them opposition. <laughs> they call, they uh, call yeah. them the opposition is what they uh, call them. Yes, because they play with the, for the public opinion. They play with the with the terms and with the titles and what they called. The, but uh, we can we can we can call all terrorism uh, as an opposition, like like what uh, what the United States uh, do. And uh, it's a, that we, we should be more clever. And uh, today, I think all of the world they understand what's happened, and all of the world they understand the uh, uh, the game, uh, this dirty game. Because uh, uh, also there is many decision in the UN and in the. Uh, Security Council, uh, which lists a lot of uh, a lot of names and uh, of of uh, terrorist group like Al Nusra, ISIS, uh, all of them. They came from Al Qaeda, and they said also all branches came from them or related with them or worked with them. It's all uh, also terrorist group. So, or terrorist organization, because today it's a it's a big organization. Doesn't attack Syria. It attack uh, uh, all of the world and all 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 of all of the states. So, if we just want to uh, minimize the effect of this organization and to call it opposition, just to give uh, the pretext of uh, uh, their self to send. Uh, uh, arts and to support them, to 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 support them um, with logistical support, armed, financial support, uh, military support, uh, uh, all of kind of support, just to attack. It's a war by proxy. It's a proxy war. 
it's uh, so they use those organization uh, and they said we we will fight we will fight against terrorism and they when they want to send arm they said it's a armed opposition mm. yes yeah so we we've broken that down and uh in, in, in great detail uh in, in our work here uh, on this uh, program and also at 21st Century Wire. And I, I do think people are, are starting to slowly understand uh, the, the scale of this um, in Syria uh, eventually. But, you know, one of the last things I wanted to talk to you about, uh, we've got a few minutes left in this segment, but, you know, your expertise as an architect, um, your expertise as a uh, planner and an engineer, um, and looking at uh, the destruction of, you know, one of the greatest cities in the world, maybe historical cities, is uh, the city of Aleppo, uh, yeah. and also to, and also looking at Palmyra as well. Um, you know, is it possible to rebuild or to restore um, Aleppo when the when the fighting finishes? I mean, and is this something that you're very interested in surveying? Is this is this a something that you you want to be involved in? Uh, helping that process. Um, how, how, how are your, what are your thoughts about this and what are some of the problems that are involved um, in, in that situation? Uh, history, it's in, uh, it's as a heritage accumulated through many centuries. And history, it's, also in our culture, our accumulated civilization, which bear it in, uh, uh, in, in our generations. So they attack both. They attack the history. They destroyed all material history uh, on the Syrian land, and they attack the Syrian societies, which guarantee to save the culture for the generations, which guaranteed to save the, the memory of sites. Uh, because when we, uh, the, the only, uh, the only who, who guarantee uh, our existence is, is, the, is, is the state and who guarantee our culture is ourself, is the people, the society who bear it. And what's happened in Syria they destroyed, they try to destroy all the, uh, the history and the memory of the place in, uh, in our uh, uh, memories and uh, for the future. So, uh, and I was also on 2014 in UNESCO uh, in France. Uh, I'm trying to assisting uh, a conference, a big conference, uh, talked about the Syrian and Iraqi heritage. And I didn't find a Syrian responsible was invited to talk about Syria. And that's what surprised me. Wow. So I, yeah, I asked it to go to this conference. And when I want to speak about my responsibility or my double responsibility as an architect uh, specialist in uh, uh, restoration of the old monument and site and 
my other responsibility as a parliamentarian to protect uh, my society and the uh, uh, social tissue uh, and what he has from culture and uh, and history and uh, they tried to not let me talk they tried to 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 not give me the the mic so uh, this is uh, exactly what i the message that i want to to reflect to you to tell you that it's all about reflecting something and uh, talking uh, under the uh, a lot of many nice title like uh, protecting civilians, protecting Syrian people, protecting uh, uh, the history or the heritage in Syria, protecting uh, uh, women, uh, protecting uh, whatever. So all about protecting uh, the concept of protection, but in reality, what's existing is destroying everything in Syria. And till now, I tell you that I am proud with the Syrian people and proud with the society because they resist and they not only resist, they try to work and they improve their work during five years with the military, with the society, for the humanitarian aid from Syria, not from outside. So they try to do all the best and all the effort to help Syrians by Syrians. Mm. Wow. And, uh, you know, just back to the, uh, that's a great, great uh, rundown you just gave us there. Fantastic. You know, one of the things, and just back on the architectural side, one of the things yeah. I, re- I noticed in Beirut, uh, when I was in Beirut, I was doing research on this subject um, as well. And, uh, and I was looking at the, who was financing the rebuilding of, of, of Beirut after the, uh, the war. Uh, you know, after the 20 year war, most of the money, I looked at the, the, the money for the new developments, all these tower blocks coming up, all these glass buildings in Beirut, all from yeah. the Gulf, from Saudi Arabia, from Damak, and all these companies, uh, from the, from the UAE, uh, yeah. f- from Qatar. Um, and so this is where the money is coming from afterwards and the destruction of, uh, Roman walls, of Byzantine, Roman, Greek, uh, even Egyptian, even some Phoenician, uh, is is being destroyed under the surface to build all of these uh, buildings. Exactly. That most of them are empty. People don't, you know, they only the golf tenants only stay there maybe a few weeks a year, and they take up all the space uh, on all on top of all the heritage uh, in exactly. Lebanon. It's it's destroyed. It's gone. And, exactly. and so, is there an agenda? What I'm saying is, do you think there's a bigger agenda by the West and the Gulf states to erase history in the Middle East and to replace it with something else? For sure. The, the agenda, we have the example in uh, in Lebanon and we have uh, another example maybe in Iraq because they try to do something also in Iraq. And we uh, so the, the plan is already used. And uh, I remember exactly uh, because I was studying in uh, in Beirut, and I remember uh, the way that they uh, uh, that that they destroy all uh, vestige. We say vestige the all the 
the uh, the small uh, uh, building uh, from the Byzantine and uh, and other centuries, Roman centuries, all they destroyed by trucks, <laughs> and uh, because they they want to build really. Uh, the big, the whole building and uh, Graziel. So uh, it's shame to destroy the history and to make a brainwash with the society. And what's, what's uh, uh, this is what uh, trying to do with the Syrians and especially with the Syrians was outside. Uh, and shame that they they try to to fabricate their own society as a Syrians to resend it again for Syria and uh, this is uh, this is really what hurt me because uh, uh, we need we need all Syrians to be all together uh, to rebuild our Syria together starting from my heart and from our responsibility as a Syrian citizen uh, and not not uh, provoke pro, yeah, not not uh, supporting by, by outside and uh, from the financing by, from outside yeah, and that that's going to be a big challenge uh, uh, in the coming years for Syria. You know, a lot of people, some well, at least myself included, uh, do hope that uh, but, that the yeah. war will stop. But but it's also yeah, the money yeah. can come. Exactly, exactly. Uh, just just let me uh, tell you, uh, I'm trust with our government that uh, can stop this plan. And that's was that's why we support our states because the state is the only who guarantee the uh, our existence as a Syrian people and as a Syrian society. Maybe we are agree or we are uh, uh, doesn't we we don't agree about some point, but it's an internal question. It's not outside question. It's not to to make any intervention from from the state. So we have the decision. We are we have uh, the right to choose our destiny. We have to choose our president. We have to choose uh, 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 who represent us in the parliament. So the right is for us. And I feel uh, also uh, that hurt me a lot uh, from the beginning of the crisis. And this is one of the reasons who, uh, who uh, provoked my uh, desire to be in the parliament, to talk in the name of Syrian people, because uh, the intervention of the Western states, especially France, the U.S., and uh, also the UK about uh, about the opposition. They try they they uh, try to set or to uh, they try to uh, to name to call some opposition as a representative of Syrian people. So who choose who designates those? It's it's our right. It's the right of the Syrian society. And as I was one of the Syrian society, I was shocked. And I wanted to shout. I wanted to shout that we are Syrian people. And we have the right to choose our destiny, our president, and who represent us. 
So nobody from outside can take this role and can 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 make this violation of our sovereignty. John Kerry, I hope you're listening to this show because <laughs> there's some good. I hope so. I hope so. Maybe I can I can uh, I can pass a, a, a big shout, really, because all Syrians, all we want to shout. Uh, against the media, the Western media and the uh, Western uh, government and who manage this war and who play with the blood of Syrian people. Yeah, we will. We will uh, put this clip out, especially uh, we'll amplify this out on social media from this this part of the interview, because I think it's very important. But Maria Sahadeh. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, we could talk longer, I'm sure, and perhaps we'll we'll have you again for another conversation in the future. But uh, we really appreciate your work and uh, everything that you do. And also, uh, thank you so much for your time this Sunday. Thank you so much for this opportunity also to pass my voice for the public opinion in all of the world because our relation or the relation between state, it's based on the relation between people, not, not, the, uh, not based on uh, the, the, the governments and, uh, and what's, what's still for the, for the history, it's the relation between people and that's what we want to rebuild. Yes, yes, good good words uh wise words and uh we hope that uh the people in decision making positions right now are listening to those words and will amplify those words trust me in the coming weeks and months uh there's still a lot of work to do this this is not going to end anytime tomorrow this is an ongoing process but maria saade from damascus uh thank you so much for joining us and uh, we're going to be wrapping up this segment, but uh, stay tuned after the break. And we're going to do a breakdown uh, analysis of the U.S. elections as it stands right now. You don't want to miss that. Uh, you don't want to miss that. We've got some, some real zingers. But uh, we'll be right back after these messages. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is the Sunday Wire. Stay right there. <laughs> 